0: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy.
1: Congressman Jim Jordan, Ohio's fourth congressional district representative, uh, ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee, joins us now on a perfect day, actually, to get some reaction to everything that is going on. Congressman, thanks for the time this morning. How are you, sir?
0: I'm doing fine, Bob. Good to be with you.
1: Yesterday, uh, the verdict was not surprising uh, to to anyone, uh, certainly not to me. Uh, I said before, I don't think you could have had O.J.'s dream team of F. Lee Bailey, Johnny Cochran, and uh, and Robert Shapiro could have, could have gotten Derek Chauvin off in this case because uh, it was never going to be a fair trial. But I'm less concerned about than I am by things that I heard from the President of the United States afterwards, and that's what I'd like your comments on. Congressman, he declared that this verdict essentially ripped the blinders off and proved that the united states is a systemically racist nation he then went on to praise last summer's um uh what did he call it he called it the summer of uh for goodness sakes i apologize he called it the summer of protest uh but he praised it and said and said that the summer of 2020 was the summer of protest that united people congressman There were billions of dollars in damages done in protests across this country last year. Hundreds of police officers seriously injured. Some of them killed. Countless businesses shut down. Countless people put out of work by smash and loot. And he called this a unifying moment and declared that this is proof that we're a systemically racist nation. How do you respond to that from the commander-in-chief of this country?
0: We are not a systemically racist country. We're the greatest country in history, the vast, vast vast majority of police officers do an amazing job under uh, extraordinary circumstances trying to protect um, our communities and and protect us there are a couple people who do uh, you know a handful of people who do uh, bad things and they should be held accountable and we trust the american justice system and that played out yesterday That's that's the takeaway here in, in, in my mind not uh not ridiculous statements from Maxine Waters last weekend where – I mean, think about that, Bob. She was actually admonished by the trial judge in the courtroom for what she said in that town, made a special trip up to Minneapolis in the days before there's going to be some kind of verdict from the jury and says the ridiculous and and crazy things that she says and actually gets admonished by the trial judge. So, no, we need to to come back to the basic facts, which are we're the greatest country ever – and the vast majority of police officers do an amazing job, and those that don't are held accountable, and that's what played out – you know played out yesterday
1: yeah it did to a degree um and here's my problem though my problem is not necessarily i don't feel any sympathy for derek chauvin because i think he was cavalier he was he was brazen and uh uh you know and 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 Mm -hmm. i think he was he was foolish and maybe neglectful but i don't think that the evidence proved that he caused this man's death but that notwithstanding the question congressman is have we now proven that in this country we can have trial by riot uh, because there are a lot of people who believe that these jurors were terrified of coming back with anything other than guilty for fear of not only themselves being put into danger. You know, there was a witness who testified for the defense who had pig's blood smeared all over their, uh, what was thought to be their home. Uh, being doxed, being targeted because of riotous behavior. Some people feel like, well, now that's the key. You want to get a cop convicted? Yeah. If you want to get a, if you want to get an outcome that you demand, sure. just threaten to riot and burn stuff and, uh, juries are going to are going to nod and say, OK.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see. Um, you know, look, there's an appeal process. The, um, the, the the As I said, the trial judge talked about some of this stuff. We'll have to see were some of these jurors actually influenced in that in, in, in a way. Well, did they did they he- see what Maxine Waters said? Were they a part of that? So I think you have to let our justice system, our criminal justice system, the court system, you Absolutely. have to let that play out.
1: We are seeing record numbers of homicides, the increase percentage-wise from last year, or from 2019 to 2020, and now the pace that we are on this year continues to be new records. And the belief among many is that because of what police are facing right now, it's only going to get worse now, by the way, because uh, now there's a call for the Democrat bill uh, to reform policing to pass, which will make it much easier to charge and convict cops. Are, are we sacrificing national security? I don't mean national security as in from a foreign power, but but safety for, for the people of this country uh, from criminals on the altar of social justice here against police.
0: Well, it, it's certainly happening because we're defunding the police. I mean, the, the Democrats, have, every major urban area has defunded police. It's over a billion we, we, dollars. And, and every one of those places where they have cut the police budget, uh, less cops on the street, less good guys out there protecting us from, from, uh, from criminals, you see an increase in homicides, you see an increase in violent crime. It, it doesn't take a genius to figure – we had this – I had this debate yesterday in a, in a committee because uh, the Democrats try to say they're not the party of defunding places. Every major urban area where the where police have been defunded, it's Democrats in control. And last week – think about this, Bob. At the start of last week, we had a Democrat member of Congress from Detroit say that we should get rid of police and then the, the 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 week ended with another Democrat member of Congress in Minneapolis saying the crazy things and ridiculous things that she said so much so that she was admonished by the trial judge in in that in that case. So the, 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 it's it's no accident that that bad things are happening and you're seeing an increase in crime because they're 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 defunding the people who protect us from the bad guys.
1: So how do we protect ourselves, then, if the police aren't going to be around? Because, first of all, the numbers are dwindling. There are more retirements at a more rapid rate than we've ever seen before. The the academies are smaller and smaller with the new recruits because people don't want to walk into this kind of a career uh, when their life and their family's lives are going to be put on the line uh, yeah. uh, with with yeah. so much of this anti-police atmosphere. And yet... Joe Biden came out uh, two weeks ago with six new restrictions on gun ownership. So how are we supposed to protect ourselves from potential violent crime if we can't have cops and we can't do it ourselves? This is what the Democrats have left us with.
0: We keep keep talking. Look, look, all your listeners know that we have the Second Amendment. All all your listeners know about the uh, Constitution. We keep talking about the the facts and the truth, and there are still... Uh, millions and millions of Americans who understand, what, you know, the rights that we have as individuals, uh, God-given rights we have that are protected by our Constitution. So we keep making the case. And frankly, there are some Democrats, not many. I just saw one on TV, Debbie Dingle, who was saying, "Look, we need, we need, we need police on the street. Um, we need to deal with this issue in the right way. With with the the, the handful of, of of cops who may do bad things, we need to deal with that. But we also need to, to remember we need public safety." So, there are a handful of Democrats who I think get it. Now, there are a lot who say, uh, who, who, who uh, you know, by based on what they say, I don't think do. So, I think we just keep t- telling the truth, and the American people see it and they understand what's going on.
1: I want to go back to the summer of protests that uh, Joe Biden praised as being unifying. Um, some people feel like, uh, in the wake of the trial yesterday, well, whether we agree, we agree with the verdict or not, or whether the trial was fair or not, or whether there should have been, uh, you know, a, a change of venue, which I think probably should have happened, a, a sequestering of the jury, which probably should have happened. No matter how you feel about all of that, uh, a lot of people are saying. Whew, Big sigh of relief now. At least they're not going to riot. At least the rioting is going to be over because, you know, we know what would have happened had he been found not guilty. Do you think that the rioting is done when you continue to have now uh, President Biden, Maxine Waters, saying, Stay in the streets. We need justice. Be more confrontational. I mean, it's not like this is over now. There's no reason to breathe a sigh of relief, is there? Well,
0: they rioted in Portland last night. They've never stopped in Portland. So, That's right. Um, you know, I, I, I hope it ends. I know we all want it to end. Um, we're, we're, I always tell people, America is not perfect, but we're the greatest country ever. Um, and our system, our checks and balances, and our federal system, and our system that respects liberty, it works. So uh, let's let's remember all that. Um, but, yeah, it hasn't stopped. I mean, Portland, it's been, it's been almost a year straight with uh, the siege of the federal court building there and all the other crazy things that have happened. So uh, I hope it does end. But it's not going to end until you have the right kind of leadership uh, uh, and communicating the right kind of principles and values. And right now in Portland, obviously, uh, that, that's, that's not the case.
1: Last question on the impact on policing that this is going to have. As a matter of fact, this, this law, there's a new Ohio law. Uh, that, That just took effect that prohibits police officers from placing pregnant women in handcuffs. And all they have to do is say that they're pregnant without the police officer first calling the woman's doctor or health clinic or hospital to find out if it's okay to handcuff this pregnant woman. A violation of this by the police officer can lead to lawsuits not against the city and the department, but against them personally. They surrender qualified immunity uh, if they don't do this. Again, how is a police officer supposed to do his job if there is a woman committing violent acts and they need to restrain and detain her and they cannot handcuff her if she says, I'm pregnant? And they have to call medical providers, Congressman. This is what I'm asking. I mean, what are yeah, we asking? Are we asking to? Are you aware of that law? By the way,
0: great question, Bob. And and, and this is one of the fundamental differences between the Democrats' bill to deal with uh, police reform and the one that we were for, which was the Tim Scott legislation. Yeah. Uh, the Democrat bill, when it passed the House in in, in the last Congress and went through committee, we offered twelve amendments in committee to deal with. Qualified immunity with no knock warrants the very issues that 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 you're raising in your questions it, it, it's the perfect question we had 12 different amendments to to, to make their bill better and make it in in, in more, much more in line with senator scott's legislation which we supported they wouldn't accept any one of those so they are determined to go the route that was that you underscored in your question that's the difference in the legislation and and frankly that that's that's a problem because we already know what's happening to you getting People who retire as soon as they can now in, in, in the police force and very few new people who want to actually become police officers in light of all the things that they see going on now coupled with the, the law changes that the left wants to make. That's a big problem. So, uh, And that's fundamental distinction between their legislation and, and what we're trying to get done.
1: It should never be forgotten. By the way, what they said about Senator Scott when they rejected his legislation—they they insulted him yeah. and they essentially called him a token black for the for the for the Republican Party and for the conservative movement. And that's the reason why his common sense policing reforms were rejected because they came from a black yeah. man who had not who who had, who had dared to disagree with uh, with what is supposed to be the black party. Yeah,
0: um, senator Scott's a good senator, a good good guy, uh, sure is. He, he had a good piece of legislation. It'd be nice if we could get that done.
1: He's all of the above. I like Senator Tim Scott a lot. I think it was criminal what well, was done to him. Now, I just want to pivot over here uh, because, you know, your commentary a few minutes ago on Maxine Waters uh, and what she did in the streets uh, in, uh, you know, getting a rebuke from the trial judge, Judge Cahill. um Nobody rebuked her when she told you to shut your mouth last week. I wanted to get your thoughts on your kind of verbal showdown with Dr. Fauci, which, by the way, I want to thank you for, because this is what so many of us, this is why we call you guys our representatives. You're representing us. I would love to ask Dr. Anthony Fauci, what's the number? Give me a specific mark here that we have to achieve in order for you to give us our liberties back. He refused to answer you for five minutes, and when you demanded an answer at the end... Uh, Maxine Waters told you to shut your mouth. How did... Uh, give me your thoughts on the Fauci well, exchange first uh, and then tell me about what Maxine said to you your thoughts
0: well I, I think to the second thing you know I, I think you're going to see Democrats just do that they just they, they want
1: confrontation they would do
0: it. all I wanted was the answer to the question the second round of it was I had a second round of questions which I which bothered me even more because then Dr. Fauci said I was ranting and I said I'm not ranting I'm asking the question the, the constituents in the fourth district of Ohio want to know which is what's the metric what is the result what is the outcome what has to be attained what. What specific number in vaccines, in cases per week, cases per month, cases per 100,000? What what, tell me the numbers, the objective standard that has to be reached before we get our First Amendment liberties back. And I, and I tried to underscore, Bob, and this is something you've done for the last year as well, tried to underscore that for the past year, Americans, all five liberties we have under the First Amendment have been attacked. Your right to practice your faith. Your right to assemble. When you have a curfew, that that directly impacts your right to assemble. When you when it's limited where you can go, the, the fact that you can't get to your capital, you cannot come into your capital today, Bob, to lobby me as your representative, to, to petition for for redress of grievances. You can't do that. And of course, if you speak out against Dr. Fauci or anyone, you get canceled online. You get canceled right. on YouTube. Just ask Senator or, or just ask Governor DeSantis about that. So this is ridiculous. Now, I understand this is a serious virus, but just again, Dr. Fauci, tell us when it gets back to, uh, when we get our freedoms back under the First Amendment. And they won't answer the question, which sort of gives us an answer that I don't know that they ever are going to let us have our freedoms back. Um, And that's the frustrating part.
1: Every question you asked was fair, and your right to expect an answer was fair. And, in fact, your demand that the answer be given before they move on to the next questioner was also fair. What was not fair, again, was the ex- extraordinary lack of yeah. respect shown by your colleague when Maxine Waters told you to shut your mouth. I mean, I'm picturing it, or I'm trying to anyway. Can one <laughs> imagine a GOP rep yelling at Aunt Maxine Waters to shut your mouth? Uh, a, she's female. B, she's of black. Course. So immediately you are a of misogynistic course. racist if you say such a thing to her. Of Why course. is it okay to yeah. say that to a white male like you?
0: Because it's a double standard. Every, everyone knows Democrats can, can do all kinds of things that Republicans can't. That's just, uh, unfortunately, the standard we, we, we have today. But the, the truth is I would never say that to a colleague. I would never use that language in a, in a hearing. I would tell them they're wrong. I would tell them I disagree. But I would never use that kind of language. It just, it's just not appropriate. That's not how you're supposed to, con, con, to conduct a debate in the United States House of Representatives in a, an important committee hearing um, but, you know, it is it is what it is. We're, we're just going to keep trying to fight for the things I believe Americans care about. I believe Ohioans, and particularly the ones I get the privilege of representing in the 4th District, care about. We're going to keep fighting for those things and trying to get answers. That's my job. My job is to get answers for the people. I'm, and the, the idea that the guy who makes more money than anyone in the federal government... Including the, the president. Fauci, the Including the president. He's the highest-paid federal government employee that he won't answer a fundamental question when he's supposed to be the smartest man on the planet. That's the thing that bothers me more than anything. else. And I believe it bothers a lot of the people I get, again, the privilege to serve in, in, in the Congress.
1: The video that I've seen of that exchange that we just talked about, particularly the end of it with Maxine Waters, cuts off after that. So I didn't see what happened after. Did Mr. Clyburn or anyone else rebuke her for her extraordinary disrespect and her yelling at you to show your mouth? No, of course
0: not. I I don't recall that.
1: Not a word from uh, him or anybody else in that committee?
0: Yeah, I don't believe so because I was was still focused on trying to get an answer. And then Mr. Clyburn gave this this kind of a strange answer. He said, well, when 90% of Congress, get the, uh, uh, the vaccine then we can go back to normal i'm like I, I sort of wanted to think like so i asked him later i said are, are you saying if 90 percent of congress uh get get the the vaccine then the whole country can get their first amendment that this seemed like a uh you know strange strange uh position to have but that's that's what he said so i, caught I was that more too. focused on that yeah <laughs> yeah i, I caught that, that too. that, that was point. bizarre
1: all right. Well, listen, Congressman, uh, you never have to shut your mouth when you come here. Uh, we always want to hear what you have to say. And I appreciate <laughs> very kind. Thank I, pre- no, and I I appreciate. and your candor on all of that. Thanks very much, sir. We'll talk again. You bet. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today.
2: This is Carol Platt-Lebow for TownHall.com. Before the U.N. Human Rights Council, Americans heard their country denounced as an imperfect union where, and I quote, the original sin of slavery weaved white supremacy into our founding documents. We're used to anti-American rhetoric at the U.N., but not from our own U.N. ambassador, Biden nominee Linda Thomas-Greenfield. She groveled for readmission to the council before human rights titans like China, North Korea, and Venezuela. She also told these human rights violators that our country needed to engage trailblazing groups like yours in order to improve. She has no concept of the human rights abuses still routinely perpetrated by the country she flatters. Nor, apparently, does she know that slavery existed across the globe in 1776. What's remarkable is that America's founders established principles that would ultimately make slavery and racial discrimination untenable. America deserves better than Linda Thomas-Greenfield. I'm Carol platt by.